Hey, so this is uh, episode 20 of uh, High Tide in the Dream Time. And this is a really interesting episode because uh, this one's called The Chaos King. It's interesting to me, at least. <laughs> anyway, um, part of the reason I'm doing it is because of what's going on in the current events, you know, with uh, the protests all over the country and the murder in Minneapolis that was filmed. Uh, partly it's the coronavirus, partly it's just everything that's going on with Trump. Uh, because I wrote this essay, maybe, I guess I wrote it in October of 2017. And basically what it was about was that the inspired genius of the United States is, I mean, there's a big part of it, but, but the main thing is that they decided that they weren't going to have a king that was passed on by bloodlines, but that they were going to vote for a president every four years. But basically, what they really were doing is they were creating a secular king. That basically they were going to decide who the most worthy man in all the land was um, every four years. And knowing that you know, people, when they have power, it doesn't always last. It doesn't last for a lifetime. And that, you know, four years, eight years, or at the time they didn't have an eight year limit. That was something that the Republicans uh, put in after Franklin Roosevelt was uh, voted in for the fourth time for his death. But basically it's a secular king. And it recognized that that power didn't last a lifetime as it was given in England. And that, you know, it could be a democracy where everybody decided by popular vote who was going to be the secular king. And basically, you can't run a country without a king. I mean, in... in in the world, you have dictators, you know, you have like Putin, but he's really like the king of Russia, even though he's appointed himself that. And, you know, uh, North Korea has a king, you know, France has a king. It's, it's a secular king as well. Uh, but you need a king to run a country. Psychologically, mythically, you need a king to run a country or a queen. We can also have queens. That's, that's something that can also happen and has happened and could happen in our country. But basically, since human beings have stabilized their civilizations with agriculture, they've been ruled by kings and queens. They are the organizing principle at the center of the city, state, or a nation. They're the center of a square growing out from a beam of light shining down from heaven. I mean, that's basically what a crown is. That's what gold crowns indicate. They symbolize this anointment. And it implies the sun bonnet that surrounds only the king or queen. Now, Trump himself, he has his own sun bonnet. It's this kind of golden, uh, shitty dye job that implies a sun bonnet. He's, he's not doing this consciously but he really thinks that this is who he is. And then the, the reality is, is that when fate places powerful people in positions of leadership, civilizations thrive. 
And when kings or queens or presidents or prime ministers are not up to the task of holding this ultimate power, civilizations wobble. This isn't just historical fact, it's a mythological fact. And one of the things that Trump's election uh, sort of foreshadowed was chaos. Because he's not a leader, he's never been a leader. He doesn't have authority, he doesn't have integrity. He's sort of basically scammed his way into everything that he's done and inherited it. And he just doesn't have uh, the organizing principle in himself to create that for the culture that he's serving. And so it's not that Trump's a shitty president, though he is a shitty president, but shitty times make shitty presidents. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like the times pick the president. It's not that the um, president makes or breaks the times. It's if you're headed into a chaotic time, you're going to get a turbulent person as the president. You're going to get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing because they're not aware of the new emerging order that's coming forth. And so... Chaotic situations are going to happen when somebody like that's president, but it's more like a chicken or the egg thing. Like, if you didn't know, if I didn't know that something big was coming, some big change, some big trauma, some big chaos with the election of Trump, then electoral politics is just another kind of secular materialism. It's not. The times that are to follow the election of the president, choose the president, not the other way around. The president doesn't determine that. So if you have somebody like George Bush Jr., who also isn't a leader, um, you're gonna get disorganized things. You're gonna get 9-11, you're gonna get uh, the stock market crash, you're gonna, you're gonna get the Iraq war because Unprincipled chaotic times require an unprincipled chaotic person to sort of symbolize the times. Um, And Trump is really good at this because his whole thing is about being a fake king. That's what Trump towers about, you know, and, and all the gold leaf in his apartments and his cigar yellow gold hair. He really is trying to be a king. Astrologically, uh, he has a Leo rising, which is all about persona. He's actually a Gemini. I think his birthday is tomorrow or something. I think I saw someone on the internet wanted me to sign his birthday card, but um, and I didn't. But his whole his whole premise is he wants to present himself as a king, um, as a as an archetype. Not really. I don't think he really thinks like that but he's a little overtaken with the archetype. Um, So, but he's a fake king and um, the one story that talks about like not being able to handle power and not being prepared for power, which is something that he's not. And other presidents have been, you know, Jimmy Carter was a Democrat and he wasn't prepared for power. He was, he did, he wasn't up to the task. And so the hostage crisis happened and the gas crisis happened. But like I said, he didn't cause them. They caused him. And then you have these strong figures when things kind of 
reconfigure into a, a new kind of order. I mean, even Ronald Reagan, who, you know, I don't like his politics, and I think he's basically the architect of the homeless crisis, and he basically deconstructed everything that Franklin Roosevelt created that was incredible. He was a strong figure, and he was an organizing figure. He was a, he was a strong leader. He might not have been smart. You know, if you listen to his politics in the 60s in California, he's kind of fascist. You know, I think during the Berkeley protests in uh, 1967, I think it was, he said, you know, if they want a bloodbath, we'll give them a bloodbath. You know, if you listen to him talk about how stupid and immature you are in an LSD trip, you realize he's not a very insightful person. But he had a sort of organizing principle in himself that made sense at the time. Uh, Clinton... Uh, had an organizing principle in himself, whatever his personal weakness was. And George Bush Sr. obviously didn't because the economy crashed and he was, he was trying to keep principles in play that Reagan had created, but they were no longer uh, relevant. Obama's the same after, after the stock market crash and the Iraq war 9-11. Obama became president and he organized things. He, 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 now both Obama and Clinton are Leos, which really is the king archetype. So you see how they behave. They had a certain dignity, Clinton less so, but Obama, you know, when, when somebody heckles Trump at one of those things, he says, beat the crap out of them, um, get them out of here. And I remember, you know, Obama, when he got heckled, he'd be like, yeah, nobody came to listen to you. And he'd kind of move on because he wasn't going to be diminished by heckling. Whereas Trump's so insecure, he's afraid he's going to be diminished and revealed by everything. But the myth that goes along with being able to handle power is the myth of Phaeton. And Phaeton was the son of Helios who drove the chariot of the sun across the sky every day. Day after day, he begged his father to let him drive the chariot of the sun. And one day the god reluctantly conceded to the boy to the to, to his wishes and handed him the reins. But his inexperience proved fatal. For Phaeton quickly lost control of the immortal steeds, and the sun chariot veered out of control, setting the earth ablaze. The plains of Africa were scorched to desert, and men charred black. Now, that might be racist, but it's part of the story. Zeus, appalled by the destruction, smote the boy with a thunderbolt, hurling his flaming body into the waters of the river Aradnos. Now, this takes us back to the notion that um, the times create the president. So things aren't falling to shit. Like there's not uh, protests about the uh, racist cop murdering uh, the African-American man on television being recorded. Like that's not being caused by Trump, but that really reveals something about Trump's reign. It, real it basically, it parallels the fact that Trump's whole election was a racist reaction to having a black president that there were a lot of people who told themselves 
before Obama was president that they weren't Kennedys and they weren't Bushes. And that's why they weren't president because they didn't have that kind of uh, fate born to them. And then somebody who's half African, who's got no advantage, who comes from a very um, not wealthy family and becomes president just out of the virtue of his strengths and his intelligence and his character, that made a lot of people really angry. And it made people like that cop in Minnesota angry. And Trump was really the result of that, of a disenfranchised, uneducated, um, suffering, lower middle class and lower class, uneducated America. And nothing really uh, was more appealing to those people than his chaos. You know, everything he does is to disorient the people around him. Whether it's his lack of decorum in how he behaves and not being presidential, his lack of manners, his lack of respect for established order, creating chaos puts him at an advantage. Wherever there's chaos, he's at an advantage because the people around him are disoriented and struck dumb by how he behaves. Um, and that's how he wants, that gives him an advantage. And he's had that his whole life is that if he can create chaos in a, somebody by lying to them or by bullying them or by gaslighting them, he's getting them to relate to him from a position of power. Just like when he first started doing handshakes with people and he was jerking them around, you know, that's symbolically what he's trying to do. He's trying to take people off of their center so that he has the upper hand in the exchange. And his, his tweeting and his inappropriateness um, are also attention grabs where he thinks if you're thinking about him, then he's got you. And he kind of does. So when you go on Facebook and people are posting about Trump, that's exactly what he wants. Because if you're thinking about him and you don't like him or you're upset by him, or even if you're excited by him, it empowers him in a way to act. And that's why he hasn't really been speaking about the coronavirus lately and he's just kind of moved on to his election because he just want, doesn't want anyone else to think about it either. And he thinks that he can manipulate the collective. Maybe he doesn't think about it. I'm not sure that he does. I think he's sort of like an evil imbecile who just sort of has an intuition about it. Um, but one of the things that's happening now, the chaos, the, the protests across America, right now LA is on lockdown from eight o'clock tonight till 5.30 tomorrow morning, and that's happening in a lot of places, is chaos always brings in something new. It brings in new orders. And in fact, chaos is really how an, a new order appears to an old order. It's sort of something that exists outside present understanding. So the chaos of the lockdown, the, the, the chaos of the coronavirus, the chaos of the economy, the chaos of the protests for this 
uh, redneck cop who murdered this man. It's all pointing to something else. There is no way that Trump survives this. And you know, I've spoken about this before in his astrology, that he was born to fail as president. Like his whole life basically was fated for him to fail at this time. And he is. And it's not even so much that uh, Biden's going to win the election. He is. It's that Trump's going to lose it and he's going to be humiliated. But there is something um, I want to talk about because chaos mythically and mythologically is really important. Chaos grows out of the primordial. It grows out of some kind of unitive intelligence in all of existence that is outside the awareness of human beings. It's something that human beings only figure out is happening after it's happened. And there's an intention into it, in it. And so chaos was born in mythology from Gaia, from the earth. And you can kind of see how people are saying that the coronavirus is some sort of environmental disaster. And it is, you know, because these wet markets where people are eating snakes and dogs and cats are because there's so many people that it's required to feed them things like this. I mean, or the, or the Chinese think, you know, they could probably do better with, with, you know, varying their diet, but that's what they think. They think that these things have to be eaten because there's so many of them and they have to eat something. Um, but chaos was born from Gaia Earth and the underworld and love. And also born from chaos was night and darkness. And Trump's hubris and his ignorance of the more profound forces that there are more profound forces than a market economy are going to be his undoing. You know, on cue, when he came into power, he attacked Gaia through his withdrawal from the Paris Accords. It's all symbolic. It's not, you don't need to look at it so, so literally. And Eros, through his attack on LGBT rights, making sure that transgender people couldn't serve in the military, which he cowardly avoided. And his descent into the underworld, it fast approaches, either through his public humiliation, which is gonna be from his uh, losing the election, or it could be from his death, um, which are, you know, I was reading today about how he had written his doctor's note about how incredibly healthy he is. He's not healthy. Somebody who hasn't exercised, he's eaten terribly. He doesn't sleep. He drinks, I think, a, a dozen Diet Cokes a day. He eats shitty food. He's not healthy. It wouldn't surprise me if the stress is a failure. And I sort of saw this when I looked at, I, I talked about this in his astrology in another podcast because he had, um, he had a solar eclipse on his ascendant a couple of years ago. And I'm, I sort of thought that he was going to die. Um, and I still think he might. And I think it's about the humiliation of not having virility. Um, and, you know, like his comb over, his hair replacement, his big suits, 
it's all designed to hide this kind of failing masculinity and vitality. It's all an act. You know, that's the, that's, that's the, um, that's the thing about Trump is it's all an act. And more likely than not, his lack of vitality is going to be revealed. Um, and then also what I want to talk about is that there is order and chaos. Like I've spoken about this. It indicates something is forming. Like the first strong gusts of wind that announce a rainstorm is on the way. Trump is an agency of change. And that's what he thought he was all about. He thought he was real change, but he's just a placeholder for something new on its way. His mistake is thinking that the change is him rather than realizing his backward and outdated beliefs about economic reality being the only reality that matters will be swept away by the coming storm. Now, I wrote that two and a half years ago, which was pretty prescient. You can see it on my website. Um, so I want to say that again, thinking that the change is him rather than realizing his backward beliefs about economic reality being the only reality that matters will be swept away by the coming storm. Um, this is at, this is at uh, goingquantum.org and it's called the Chaos King. So he built his whole presidency on the fact that he removed all these uh, limitations on the economy and it was thriving and that was the most important thing and that was going to get him reelected. And all the advances that were made by deregulation, they're gone. They're gone. 40 million people are applying for unemployment. He can't even run on that. Um, and the chaos that he's brought by being president, it's going to continue for a while. And it's not caused by him. It's caused by the forces of change that placed him in the position of being president. His purpose there is not what he thinks. It is to demonstrate that a lot of his misunderstandings are the misunderstandings that the country will be leaving behind. If there is an upside to Trump's presidency, it's that the chaos he brings is a chasm between two places. Trump is going to fail to make any real lasting changes to American society. And in the future, any association with him is going to become threatening to people's electability, which you'll see in the coming election because uh, he'll lose and the Senate is going to become a Democrat. <laughs> um, he and, and people will ultimately distance themselves from him. People will say, yeah, I wasn't there. I wasn't with him. And there'll be proof that they were. And those people will be gone too. But he has inspired oppositional activism at home and abroad. Um, and, you know, made aware that someone like him could be elected. The French rejected Marie Le Pen. And they elected a much more progressive thinker. Um, and Trump is a placeholder of a newer, younger, and more progressive generation that will take over in the times that follow him. And they will always talk about him. And they will always run against him. And they will always tar uh, Republican opposition with him. Um, all his regressive policies, whether they be environmental, social, or financial, will also be tarred by their association with him for generations to come. 
Trump is a dying king. And he represents a dying order. You know, he's a baby boomer. Um, but, you know, what you're going to see is, you know, Biden's pretty old. And I think he's old for his age. He's been through a lot, you know, with his family, his, his wife and his two children being killed. He is older than his years. And he also is part of a generation that's passing. But he's a compassionate and um, caring person who has a lot of character and has overcome a lot. If you think about what he's overcome in having a family get killed and continuing to live and care about people and work for the benefit of society, that's a good person to have following uh, Trump. I'm not uh, campaigning for him. I don't think he's really that great a candidate. And I think he probably is diminished with his age and hopefully he'll have a lot of really smart people around him who are young, like, uh, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, she's, she's a real leader. I've looked at her astrology chart. She's got her son in the 10th house, which is where real authority comes from. She has been chosen as somebody who has real authority. Um, and there's gonna be a lot of people like that. You know, I, like, I don't like some of the people, the new progressive people like Ilhan Omar. And um, I don't think she's very impressive. So I'm not advocating for that. But what I'm saying is that this chaos that's come, and it's only gonna get worse as the election comes closer because uh, Trump is gonna try and distract from the realities of what, are hap what is happening. Um, and basically he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be, you know, reigning over depression and all the social unrest that he can't control by threatening people. Um, it's going to be a very significant loss for him. It's not going to be um, close. And so the important thing to remember is with all your hatred for Trump or, you know, your contempt for Trump, I hear it a lot. I see it a lot out there. He is, he's a buffoon. And he's somebody who took the reins and he couldn't, he couldn't control the sun chariot, even though he told everybody that's who he was his entire life. And he has been chosen to be made a fool out of by chaos, by these forces that exist outside of human understanding so that new, new things can come in. You know, the coronavirus is going to show the importance of socialized medicine. It's going to show, show the importance of having structures in place that take care of a populace um, during health threats that, don't, that basically Trump got rid of in his hubris and his, in, his, in his contempt for Obama and, and um, progressive policy. So see what's happening now is something that was preordained and it was. It was preordained. That was part of his election. Part of his election was to create a catastrophe in the collective so that new forms could take place. So, you know, it's not necessary to have compassion for him. I don't really, I think he's a buffoon. And, but he serves a purpose. And that purpose will become, will be revealed over time. And it'll be for a more progressive, 
more compassionate, more profound, more earth-based, nature-based understanding of things. Secular materialism, it's going out with the coronavirus. Um, you know, it's a dead system. And there's something behind it that's more profound and more human and in a way more mystical. And one of the things I always, you know, there's another essay on my website that says, it's called um, Religion Not Politics. One of the problems in in our culture is for many people, their highest ideal the greatest virtue that they can express, their best way to to express their most deeply held beliefs is through politics. Whether it is conservative politics or progressive politics, it's still politics. It's still human ideas about people. It's not universal. It's not profound. Even though progressive humanism is more compassionate and more caring, it's still true that most people are embarrassed to talk about their religious beliefs because all they have, the only language they have is the language of exotericism. And exotericism is people gather in a church in front of a clergyman and they've one person's traded a goat to someone else for a cow, and they both feel like it's been a fair exchange in front of this representative of God. That's really what exotericism is. That's what churches are based on. It's what synagogues are based on. It's what mosques are based on. But there is a higher order, and it's a democracy, and everybody can experience that. And everybody should. You know, I said that on another podcast that Carl Jung said that all psychological problems are at their root religious problems. And his belief when he said religion, when he used the word, was it was from the Latin religare, which means to reconnect. And that's what's happening now is we're reconnecting. We're reconnecting with nature through the coronavirus, we see what's happened with people staying home and people not flying and people not driving. We've seen the skies clear. We've seen, uh, it's progress. We don't need to fly to go to meetings anymore. We have Zoom, that's progress. Um, And we need to talk about our highest deals not in political terms because that's the rule of man. And there is a primordial intelligence that gives birth to everything, physical, non-physical, consciousness. And it's not until people are connected to that and can experience that and express it, and they can express it in conversation, they can just express it in art, they can express it in writing, they can express it in music, you know, they can express it in a lot of ways. But until that's the highest principle in our culture, people will begin to suffer, even successful people. 
even people who do good works for other people. Which often, you know, is born out of that awareness of there being a higher order. But until personally people are able to experience that higher order and express it and be in exchange with other people about it and they talk about their politics as their most passionate, highly held ideal, um, things will remain chaotic. So look towards that a little bit. It's something to look forward to. All right. So thanks a lot. This was a fun one. I'm in lockdown. I'm in double lockdown because I'm in coronavirus lockdown. And then Los Angeles is in lockdown tonight because they're burning cars downtown. So this is a double lockdown. uh, This is a double lockdown uh, podcast. So hopefully tomorrow we'll be out of lockdown. Uh, And chaos will recede, but it's not going to for a while, in my estimation. All right. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy this. I look forward to speaking to you soon at High Tide in the Dream Time. Thanks so much. Bye.